You both said today that you love each other and I believe it, but I'm trying to tell you love is not enough for a successful marriage. There's so many other things that go in it. It's not just about you anymore. Here is today's case. Tabitha and Tom met three years ago and instantly learned they had one thing in common, sex. The two lovebirds got married, but Tabitha quickly realized that Tom's sexual appetite was an addiction. The couple appeared in court two years ago, and now the couple finds themselves back in divorce court. Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Faith Jenkins presiding. Your Honor, as you know, for the first time on Divorce Court, we have a virtual audience and it's filled with your super fans. Today's super fan of the day is LaRonda from Washington, D.C. Hi, LaRonda. Welcome to Divorce Court. We're so happy to have you with us. Your Honor, today's case is Radaba versus Radaba. Thank you, Juan. Tabitha Radaba. Yes, Your Honor. You have brought. Mr. Thomas Radabaugh. Yes, Your Honor. To divorce court today, you are suing for five months of back rent in the amount of $1,500. That's correct. Now, I understand the two of you have been here before. That is correct. Yes. And since you were here, you have actually gotten a divorce. That is correct. You got back together. Yes, ma'am. And now you're back here again. Yes, Your Honor. Not something you might want to hear from divorce court, but welcome back. <laughs> Tell uh, me you. what's going on, Ms. Radabaugh. What has brought you back into this courtroom a second time? Well, as you said, we got divorced, and there's a lot of issues we've been dealing with. We initially regretted the divorce, but just some things are making it hard to reconsider getting married. Why did you get back together after getting a divorce? I love him. He's a wonderful man. He's good to me, and he's good to my family. What do you have to say about that, sir? Um, I love her more than anything. I'll do anything for her. But uh, this time, you know, I don't know why these charges are being brought against me. Well, you're not in criminal court. I just want you to know we're not going to take you out in handcuffs today. I'm sure gonna, he's pretty intimidating. We just going to talk about the civil aspect of the case. Why, why you're back here and breaking up again? We're having some issues with gambling. For the past about approximately a year, I have been the primary financial income for our household. I pay all the bills. I work full time. I go to school full time. In the past year, he's pretty much been the Martha Stewart of our household. But he hasn't financially contributed. But is there an agreement between the two of you that he will stay home and, and watch the kids while you're out working? Yes and no. I mean, for the most part, he pulls his weight. But at the end of the day, his extracurricular activities is what makes his finances questionable. And that's gambling now? Yes. Hey, well, there's nothing wrong with something that's legal. And those times I'm disappearing is just work, work small jobs. You know, try to find some way to contribute to the household for income. And then she didn't mention that I'm also the one that does the cooking, the cleaning, you know, mm -hmm. takes care of the children while she's working. Mm -hmm. But you say the gambling is not just an issue, it's more so of a problem. I would personally say it's a lot more than that. So, for example, um, I'll be doing homework and he'll come in and we communicate. I mean, we have a pretty healthy relationship. He'll be like, hey, I just won $700. And I'm like, oh my God, that's great. That's money for bills. Mm -hmm. But then I wake up the next morning and that money's not there. And he'll tell me, it's not like he lies to me. I'll be like, well, where did the rest of the $200 you gave to me go? And he's like, well, I put it back into gambling. And then he loses it. How it, often do you say he's gambling? I would say at least three days out of the week that he communicates. But, I mean, we have further issues where I don't really get to see him, so I don't know. I guess my, my concern is, Mr. Radabaugh, the last time you were here, you discussed a sex addiction 
and you also discussed a drug addiction. And it's very concerning to me that you're back here now and it's something completely different. Now it's gambling. And you've only been doing it a couple of months. Mind you, it's legal, Your Honor. It, it's, sir, you do understand that that fact alone is irrelevant as to whether or not someone has a problem. I'm not denying there that. Are, I have there are plenty problems. of legal things that people can be addicted to. The last time, one of them you discussed was your sex life. Yes, ma'am. And that was a big issue. I'd say, well, how else do you expect me to get money when I'm at home all the time? You know, I, I have to do all this stuff around the house and watch the kids all the time. But you're not getting money, you're losing money, according to your wife. She thinks so, but she doesn't... She doesn't okay. I, but he has lottery tickets in his car. That's the only thing I'm really concerned about, is that we see lottery tickets in his car all the time. I'll go out and he'll be asleep and I'll go through his car and there's nothing but tickets everywhere. How much money do you say he's gambling in a week? A week would be at least 100. How often do you say you're gambling, sir? All the time. I'm not going to deny it. I enjoy it, but it's also a good way to make income. So it's far more than you know. You know, you're, you're using it as an excuse as that's the way to make money, but according to your wife, you're not making any money. So at the end of the month, how far ahead do you say you are? How much money do you say you've made? I say about a grand. And how much have you lost? Probably give or take 500. So you're making $500 a month gambling. Yeah, I didn't realize he was making that much. Have you seen any of the proceeds from his gambling? I mean, yes and no. I mean, like I said, he'll let me know he's won 700 here and he'll give me like 200 of it, put it in my bank account if I'm behind. But I didn't realize he was making that much. Mm -hmm. she won't does see the money monetary. stay in your account or does he take it back out? Well, the money he puts in is good, but originally he'll give me cash because it's usually at night that he gambles. Mm -hmm. And then so he'll take the cash before I go and deposit it. So by the time it goes to my bank, it's only like 60 bucks. You say that you've been gambling for a while now, and if you've made $500 a couple of times, you feel like you're on a streak. Every person I've had in this courtroom who've talked about their issues with gambling, they do it all the time. They, they keep going because they think they're going to win. And it's all about the next time they're going to win. And I'm telling you, that streak is going to come to an end. That's how they get to build those big buildings out in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Because people like you keep counting on the fact that when they go back, they're going to win. And they never do. Yes, ma'am. But they count on the fact that you're willing to bet on it. The only other thing I wanted to add in here is sometimes I'll wake up at night, and this is really my main concern, is he's not always home. There's this place he can gamble where we're from in Springfield. Around his birthday, he showed me where it was at, and I actually put money down for an account for him. But and why would you do that if you know he's gambling? Well, that's like taking an alcoholic into a bar, ma'am, and saying, I'll have one drink with you tonight. It could be 3 a.m., it could be midnight, and he's not home, and I know where he's going. There's this place he can gamble where we're from in Springfield, um, and I submitted a video for it. I mean, he's just never there. It's not just the money he's losing, it's the time it's consuming. Let me watch your video evidence. Back door left open. Now I'm in the kitchen. Let's see if his car's in the garage. Nope, that would be my car. It's about 1.30 a.m. Tom hasn't got home yet. He left about 8 p.m. About 8.30. And I haven't heard from him. No text messages. No calls. Good morning, Your Honor. It's about 3.35 in the morning. 
I woke up to go to the bathroom and Thomas is nowhere to be found. Mr. Rodabaugh, where were you all those nights? I was out gambling. But you say you know where he is. Yeah. Because you have your suspicions is what you're saying. Around his birthday, he showed me where it was at and I actually put money down for an account for him. So I know where it's at. And why would you do that if you know he's gambling? Sometimes he does good, sometimes he doesn't. Well, that's like taking an alcoholic into a bar, ma'am, and saying, I'll have one drink with you tonight. But you perceive this to be a problem, and he just said in court he's doing it all the time. Well, it, it wouldn't be so bad if I actually got some attention in the bedroom every now and then, too. Oh, that's what you're... That's, that's what we're going to go to now? We don't have to. So you, you're saying because you're not getting attention in the bedroom, it's, it's forcing you to go out all times of night to gamble. Like we talked about, I'm an addict, and I'm, if I'm not addicted to one thing, I'll go for the next. So you're saying you do have a problem? Yes, ma'am. I'll never deny that. You were denying it earlier in court today. You said it was just a means of making money, and you were on a streak. You were winning. We're not here about my addiction. We're here about the money that I'm owed for rent. Well, much. according to your wife, one of her main reasons for coming to court today is to address yet another issue that's causing problems in the relationship. Why are you suing for back rent. What is that about? $300 a month for June through October. I initially wanted to move. We lived in a much smaller household than we did and it raised our monthly finances about $300. And when we moved, I told Thomas that I either needed him to find a job, even that if that would be on an opposite schedule of mine because I work during the day, um, but just something to generate more revenue because, I mean, we'll make it, but we're not going to make it comfortably. But did he agree to pay $300 a month? I thought the agreement was that you would work and he would stay home and take care of the children in the household. There was verbal consent. We have talked about it. Um, but, I mean, there was nothing in writing. Like, it was just verbally offhandedly mentioned. I, what was mentioned? That he needed to get a job. That our, I had communicated that the bills would go up and I needed help. But was there an agreement that he would contribute? It doesn't sound like there was an agreement in place as to how much he would contribute and when, but you were just asking him to contribute. I would concur. Because um, there there's not. a different standard when you come into court yeah. and, you want to, and you say there's an agreement. I don't care about it being in writing. doesn't have to be. Uh, even if it was verbal, I want to know what he specifically agreed to because you're very specific about what you want him to pay now. I love him. He does good for me. He does good for our family. But it's just those small things. Because he is hurting and I get that and I just want him to get better. You've been treading water. You see the shore right in front of you, but you haven't been making progress because you're too busy trying to survive. If you'd like your case to be heard on Divorce Court, call us toll-free 1-877-311-2222 or log on to our website at divorcecourt.com. Missed a show? Watch full episodes on our streaming platforms and for exclusive content, go to Apple TV. Out of everything that I've heard here today, there's one thing that has caused me the greatest concern and really sticks out to me. After reading what both of you submitted to court and hearing everything I've heard today and watching your testimony from the last time you came, and um, that is concerning you, Mr. Rodabaugh. Yes, ma'am. And how sure. casually you said in court today you just went from one addiction to the next, and now there's another issue, a problem in your relationship, really in your life. So I asked a specialist to listen in on the testimony today. His, his name is Mr. Abalash Pulikin. 
He's with us in court today. He's a licensed counselor with over 10 years of experience in substance abuse, addiction, and socioeconomic inequities. I asked him to listen to the testimony and come in and offer you some guidance in a different perspective because I think you need the help. Okay. Juan, would you bring in the witness, Mr. Polican, into the courtroom? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. How's it going, Doc? Mr. Polican, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, Your Honor. Have you had the opportunity to listen to the testimony from the Radabas and particularly Mr. Radaba about what's been going on in their lives these last few months and over the course of the last three years? Yes, I have. So, Mr. Radaba, the thing that I understood just reading uh, your paperwork and watching your previous appearance on the show is that you're a man who tends to shut his problems out in order to make it day to day. And that's not necessarily entirely your fault. I think we as men at very young ages are taught not to talk about our pain, not to deal with our pain. And to deal with our problems by keeping a straight face and moving forward is how we are taught to feel tough and capable and able. And so what you have done, what you have learned over the course of these years is to shut out your pain by throwing yourself into activities, whether it's sex, whether it's work, uh, whether it's gambling, whether it's any number of things. But what happens is that it disconnects you not only from yourself, but from the people that you love. And it's one of the reasons why as you try to make a connection with your partner, she just seems to be drifting farther and farther and farther away. It's because you're, you're drifting farther and farther and farther away from yourself. What do you think, Mr. Pulikin, about the fact that the last time he was here, Ms. Rabadaugh raised the issue of a sex addiction, a drug addiction, and this time it's something completely separate. What does that speak to? It speaks to a fact that Mr. Rodabaugh has a lot of unaddressed pain in him that he's not talking to people about. I read your paperwork and one of the lines that stood out to me was when you said, I'm a man, I don't need to talk about these things. Uh, not with your partner, not with a specialist, but what that also means is you're perpetually in survival mode. And the way that you survive is by disconnecting from the things that hurt you disconnecting from the things that have been hurting you over the years. So the thing that there are these co-occurrent addictions uh, that keep popping up in your life tells me that you've been treading water. You see the shore right in front of you, but you haven't been making progress because you're too busy trying to survive. Thank you, Mr. Pulikin. Thank you, Your Honor. I'd say you hit the nail on the head there. Since about eight years old. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Mr. Rodabout, because you're, you're, you're still young. You're only 32 years old. Don't feel like it. <laughs> because you've, you've gone through a lot in your life at this point. And instead of trying to mask your pain with something superficial, perhaps it's time that you really dig deeper and address it. You're jumping from one bad habit to the next. It's a cycle that you're in that you're gonna have to break now. The fact that the two of you went through a divorce, you got back together, the first thing you said today is you love each other. I think your wife, you don't have to go through this alone. I think your wife will be there with you. 
I think she's willing to walk this road with you. You said that you'd be willing to do anything in the world for her. Well, do this for her. Do this for yourself. Do this for your family. Yes, Your Honor. Ms. Radabaugh, I know that this is very serious, but what is, what is making you so emotional right now? I love him. He does good for me. He does good for our family. But it's just the small things that are significant enough they could be detrimental. It just hurts to hear, you know, him speak to a specialist and hear what they have to say. Because he is hurting and I get that and I just want him to get better. You know, Ms. Radabaugh, as, as much as it's hard to face head on, what your husband has been dealing with for the last few years and particularly today, it's not really a small thing. And, and I want you to understand that when you have a, a sickness, when it's a problem and you, and you can't control certain things that you do, it's not even a choice anymore. When he engages in certain things, it overtakes him. So a person like that needs help. And that's why you came to divorce court today. The fact that he actually acknowledged what Mr. Pulikin said is a great start. Mr. Pulikin, it will be available after the case today to offer you some resources because the decision and the commitment really has to extend beyond what we talk about in court. It has to be what you do when you go back home because I don't want to see you all back here a third time. If I see your names come up again, I'm making some phone calls. <laughs> it's obvious that the two of you want to make this work, but you're going to have to address the issues that are tearing your family apart. As for the back rent, you want him to pay $300 a month. You said that there was an agreement that he would be paying something. Yes. Do you believe that's fair, sir? No, I don't. Okay, so I actually believe that there was no agreement in place. I was going to order him to pay it, but I think that the two of you had discussed it. You told him you wanted help, but it really wasn't that specific. I understand. And I think that we've gotten something that's a far greater value today anyway, besides $300 a month for six months. And that's what you have to address when you leave here today. So there's no money recovery, but I hope there's real recovery in your life going forward. Good luck to both of you. I think the verdict was really fair. She seemed to have really listened, and she, I respect her decision. Uh, I agree with the verdict as well. You know, it's something that I'm going to have to work on. The expert said that he was in pain, and just hearing that just, it hurt my soul because I know that's true, and he really does need help, and I hope I can be there to support him. Um, for when he said it, I hit the, he hit the nail right on the head. Um, he got everything right on the money, you know. It's, he, everything that he said is what I've actually experienced my entire life, and I know what I'm doing, so I'm gonna try to work on it. We appreciate this chance to speak with someone who had some good insight to offer. Give me a kiss.